Hey, you guys. So I saw a video where um, online and it was about this Fox Soul episode where they talked about Tamar Braxton potentially being in a relationship with a white man. And I think it was Tory Lanez. Could have been someone else, but I'm pretty sure it was Tory Lanez said if this was a black guy, everyone would be so mad. And um, they had a discussion about it. And so I want to say a few things, my own perspective. One, I see that comment, if this were a black guy, black woman would be mad a lot. But I never see the comment, if this were a black guy, white men would be mad. They never compare themselves to men of other races, only women in their own race. And I do believe that that's emasculating, them emasculating themselves. And I also, I say that because I think they don't feel as though they can win if they compete against white men or other races of men. Because if he did that, he'd probably be deplatformed. He would probably get, um, you know, less opportunities. So he's intimidated by white men in a way and not intimidated by black women because they're women and I view it as um, a form of aggression and attack that's being done against women because they feel like that's the only person they can win against and I came to this conclusion for a few reasons one other video that I saw that stood out in my mind was black guys saying that they, well, one black guy was saying that he was getting a passport and he was going to travel and he was going to show other black men how to do it. And he seemed angry, like he was sticking it to black women. And I just saw that as so odd because the U.S. has one of the most powerful passports in the world. And I know a lot of people who have passports because I, I know a lot of people have visas. I know a lot of people who travel a lot. I was like thinking the other day, like the signs of a middle class person is someone who's always talking about flying on planes and going on vacation. Because I work in healthcare, so I work with a lot of working class people and middle class people. So um, between the nurses and the nurse aides and the nursing department, there's a lot of people who have money and there's a lot of people who don't. It depends on are you a CNA, are you an LPN, are you an RN? What family do you come from and are you married? Um, so you can meet some CNAs who have money because they're married, maybe they're older, or you can meet some LPNs or RNs who have money because the family they come from or the, the amount of years they've been working. Um, usually marriage makes a big difference, but you know, you meet people who have money, you meet people who are struggling. And one thing I noticed about working class people is they're always talking about doing overtime. It's like a big deal thing for them, overtime. And one thing that I noticed about middle class people is they're always talking about vacation. Always, always vacation and travel, travel, travel. And one thing that annoys me about middle class people is they always assume that everyone else can afford to go on vacation um, once a year or even more than that when that's not the case. And one thing that annoys me about working class people is they always assume that people have the ability to do overtime when that's not the case. So they both annoy me, but it's just a lifestyle difference because it's an income difference. Anyway, I noticed this about 
working and middle class people that they that that they're this way and so because i know this i know traveling is a pretty normal thing that most americans do when they have the means and it's something that they enjoy and yeah they go to different countries they eat different food drink different drinks take a lot of pictures go to different places have sex use drugs these things happen and they may not talk about the sex and the drugs part unless they know you very closely and they trust you but they will talk to you quite a bit and they will you know, they're your friends, so they will talk to you about all kinds of stuff, but it's usually coming from a place of joy. But when I see Black men talking about going on vacation, it's coming from a place of competitiveness and hostility, the kind that you'd expect men to have man-to-man, but they're having it man-to-woman over something that is very normal you know if you want to compete with another man about going on vacation and sleeping with different women white men been doing that for hundreds of years you know they've been going around colonizing sleeping with different women going on vacation is nothing used to them so they can't compete with white men but black men in america haven't really gone on vacation internationally most of them don't even know how to get a passport so this is something that's totally brand new to them the concept of it is new the last time they traveled internationally with slavery it was a one-way ticket and it was from africa to here so now the fact that they're being able to travel worldwide is something that it should excite them but the fact that it makes them feel the fact that they can't take joy in things that normal people take so much joy in they're so completely unhappy And because they're men, they want to fight because they're unhappy. But because they can't fight with other men, because other men have so much more power and influence, they're going inward and fighting with women over things that, you know, women don't want to travel the world sleeping with a bunch of different people. So it doesn't even make sense to even have the conversation. And they're like, oh, you all are going to be single and alone and you're losing us. But it's like those women that you're hooking up with in other countries, you're not going to be with them for long either. So it's not, it doesn't even make sense, but it's just them not being happy and just wanting to start a fight. And they do it all the time. And I noticed that, and and this is another instance where it's like, Tamar's been married, she's been in relationships with black men, and she was single. If Tory Lanez didn't want her to be with a white man, he could have got with her and married her and treated her well. He doesn't care that she's in a relationship or if she's single. He just wants something to fight about because he's just not happy and very combative. But he cannot fight with other men because he'll lose. So he's choosing to fight with women in his race because that's a fight that he can win and he will win. One thing that I've noticed is when it comes to dating, black men have it much easier than black women. They can date, get married and settle down much easier than black women can. And most black women don't really like to admit that, but it is true. However, black men have their own issues. It's not like just because their dating lives are better than ours, that they're better than other men. They may have, may have an easier time dating than Asian men, um, but that's about it. Latino men, white men, Arab men, every race of man pretty much has an easier time dating than they do. 
So they're not the most desirable. When they say they're the most desirable, they're comparing themselves to black women. And that's why they're so hostile because men think like warriors. So they think in strategic warfare ways um, more often than I think people realize. So like a strategic war tactic would be um, black women aren't doing anything, but we're angry. So instead of us taking personal accountability, we'll just project onto black women. So black men date outside of their race all the time. Practically every black male celebrity either is dating outside of their race or has in the past. But instead we'll just point out when black women do it so that we can make it seem like we're innocent and they're guilty, even though that clearly isn't true. And then black women have to get on the defensive and then there's an argument and then they can feel good because they just attacked someone. They they attacked before they were able to get attacked. They were um, confrontational. So now they have a defense. They can say, well, you all do it too, even though they're the ones who initiated it. They can gaslight and they can start this issue and not have to take any accountability as though they're the ones doing something wrong. And even if they are wrong, they can just say, you're miserable, you're bitter. They don't have to say, well, we made you miserable and bitter. They can say, well, you're miserable and bitter and it's it's your own fault or someone else's fault. You know, they can like attack and they'll win because they're not as emotional and they're not struggling as much in this area, which is dating as black women are. But black men do struggle. They struggle in incarceration and in healthcare and employment. They do way worse than black women in education. It's not even anywhere near close. We might as well not be getting raised in the same household. It's so weird how black women do so much better in school and at work than black men. And we're raised by the same people in the similar ways. Um, So we do better in certain things and we're buying more homes than them too. And some people might say this stuff is more important, but at the same time, everybody needs love. So that is important. But people need shelter and transportation and food and clothes and leisure time and that's what having a house and an education and a job offers you so black men and black women both struggle but when black men struggle black women show compassion and advocate for black men when it comes to social justice issues and unemployment and lack of education and lack of housing but when black women struggle and love and romance black men laugh mark bully parade and initiates um, battles and arguments and confrontation and they also assimilate into different cultures because they feel like well instead of fighting these different races of people if I can't beat them I'll join them so instead of trying to uplift the black demographic that I'm in I would rather go to a white neighborhood, have a white child, raise them, not really, but come visit every now and again. And then maybe my white kid can go to Europe and then one day they can go to Romania and they can be with a bunch of white women and have a bunch of white kids. And then they'll basically be white. And that's how we got Andrew Tate. So it's kind of interesting how they would rather just assimilate 
than to really try to fix the issue and they would rather attack women than to attack men because if they're gonna fight they want to fight battles that they can win i mean in one way i get it like it's a strategic warfare move assimilation and eugenics you know get rid of the black race by assimilating into the white race and distancing yourself from the people who can create more black people which would be black women but it doesn't really help the remaining black people in the long term but it does make sense if you're very individualistic which african-american culture is very much individualistic about independence and american culture in general is about independence and individualism so it makes sense in a way, but it doesn't help um, their individual experience as a black person. They still deal with discrimination, they themselves, even though their kids or grandkids may not. And so it doesn't really help them overall, but it makes them feel better. So I guess that, you know, I saw one video where one guy was like, black women, they're miserable, they're lonely, they're this, they're that. And I'm like, and what are black men? Are black men so happy? Black men have so many issues. Black men have so many social justice issues. The same as black women. They have, some might say, more issues sometimes. They get a lot more advocacy because their issues are so substantial. But because they're doing better in one area of life, which is dating, which dating and mating is important. Mating is important for all living creatures. So it's not like that's nothing. But in terms of maintaining a healthy lifespan, I mean, Black women are still procreating too. They may struggle raising kids on their own, but we're all procreating. So it's like you're not even doing that much better. Um, You may have more emotional support in in your romantic life. Um, but they also have high failure rates in their love life too. So it's not really, they're not really doing that much better. Um, they just attract more people and they have an easier time getting settled in a relationship than black women do. Um, that's literally it. They're not doing better at anything else in life. So, you know, that's something that I noticed and that's the commentary that I have to give. But what I will say, my analysis as far as how I would respond to this now, um, fully realizing all these things, I would say that for me now that I'm older and wiser, I would not engage in um, any of these uh, interactions. Like for me, if I see a guy online or in person trying to antagonize black women because he wants to have a battle with a black woman because he doesn't feel comfortable having a battle with a black man i would just say you know the truth about black women and try to keep it positive like say positive things about black women and state the facts about black men like i'm doing now but I wouldn't like go much further than that because I this isn't new information for me. One, two, 
I'm not as emotionally invested in black men, specifically black men who think like that, who are the majority, particularly in Western countries, but internationally overall. And um, I would just say like, okay, he thinks black women are so miserable, so bitter, so sad. Maybe that's true. Everyone's entitled to their own emotions. Nobody has to be happy all the time. This isn't slavery days. We don't have to smile for massa. Like, black women have a wide range of emotions. We're not bitter, miserable, angry all the time. But we have those feelings. I get sad sometimes being single, but I'm also happy sometimes being single. I'm also happy sometimes when I'm working, happy sometimes when I'm socializing, sad sometimes, excited sometimes. Life is full of ups and downs in terms of emotion, but I'm doing good in other areas of life and doing the best I can overall. And also, I've accepted the fact that I may never get married, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not happy about it. I've used being single as a handicap because you're definitely better off when you're in a loving marriage, but you're much worse off if you're in a unhealthy, non-loving marriage, which I've only attracted negative romantic relationships. So for me, it's better to be single. So what that means is for me, it's better to be single, but overall it would be best if I was in a loving relationship, but that is not God's plan for me and may not ever be God's plan for me and I accept that and that's okay I view it as the same as someone who is in a wheelchair it's not as bad as being blind but it's not as good as walking um it would be significantly worse if I were blind that would be like being in a bad relationship but it would be significantly better if I could walk which would be being in a good relationship however You can be in a wheelchair and still live a very, very full life. There are some people in wheelchairs who play sports. They barely, if ever, get any pressure ulcers because they take good care of themselves. And there are some people in wheelchairs who are miserable, depressed. They let their bodies totally break down. They don't put in any real effort to better themselves. And they are very sick because of how they behave. And that is not healthy and not good. So if I'm going to have a part of my life missing, which would be a loving, healthy, happy marriage, that's okay. That was the plan for me. And maybe one day that'll change. Maybe one day I'll get up and be able to walk. Maybe not. But at least if I'm going to be, you know, just like, how I am now. I'm going to make the best of it. I'm not going to be a miserable single mom if I ever have kids. Um, And I may not be able to even have kids, but if I am blessed to be able to have children, I'm going to be very proud and happy to be a single mom, to have children, and to raise them on my own. And I'll be self-sufficient and I will do teamwork with the family that I do have. And we will all come together to raise my children and I will do the best I can with the children that I have. And I'm gonna be happy and optimistic about it because these are the cards I'm dealt. And you can be given a bad hand or an eh, meh hand and still win the game. 
happiness is a choice. It's not, oh, everything's going great in life, so I'm happy. I used to be not as emotionally stable. Like, I've had moments in my life where I've been very depressed. And I found that ignorance for me and trying to fit a mold that I thought was meant for me that wasn't meant for me led me to not be happy. Now that I'm older and wiser and I have a lot more mental clarity, I know that I can be happy living any life because happiness is a choice. God never said that we would have a problem-free, easy life or that if we prayed, everything would go perfectly. No. In fact, God had the story of Job. Everything he did was right and his life still sucked. And then it got better. That just was the plan. And these things just happen. It's okay to go through ups and downs. Even as a marginalized person, so to speak, we still have so many privileges. Like I've seen people go online and this is unrelated, but it'll, you know, I'll bring it back together. I've seen people go online and talk about celebrity kids and how they're so privileged. Middle-class people, of course. This person's so privileged. They have their dad and their mom to help them get a job. I have worked in my career in healthcare and education. And when you work at a union job, everybody is related. Less so now in healthcare because a lot of people just straight up don't want to work in healthcare anymore. But historically, like, When there's a union job, everyone's related because everybody hooks up their family. And that is such a privilege. It's such a great privilege to be able to have, you know, a union job, have health insurance, have paid vacation time, and all of these other great privileges that we have as union workers. It is really incredible and such an amazing luxury and privilege to be able to say, that you have all of these wonderful and amazing privileges and opportunities as an American with access to clean water and all the great things that we have. And so for me, I choose to view that optimistically. I may not have, you know, the perfect, you know, American dream life of a husband, wife, house, dog, house plants, everything's decorated, you know, island in the middle of the kitchen (laughs) and garage connected to the house and finished basement and finished attic and like garbage disposal and greenhouse and a shed with a garden you know it's like this picturesque I don't know if I said that right but picturesque (laughs) I think I said by the first time vision of what an American life is going to be like and that's just not everybody's life but you can still be very happy and feel very fulfilled if you acknowledge this is my life. And these are the opportunities that I have. These are the things that I can control. And these are the things that I don't have. And these are the things that maybe one day I may have. These are the things that I will never have. I will never have white privilege, ever. I will never have male privilege, ever. I will never, ever, ever have an excellent memory. Like, I'm very forgetful. My memory may get somewhat better. It's never going to be that much better. I will more than likely not have a good, loving husband. 
maybe one day I might have that, but I'm more than likely never going to have that. And that's okay. It is okay. It's not the end of the world because I'm not living the ideal life. I'm living my life and that's okay. And what I'm going to do is make the best of it. I'm going to get as much education as I per- I personally can that I can handle. I'm going to work as much as I can that I can handle. I'm going to go as, on as many vacations as I personally can afford to go on. I'm going to um, travel as much as I can, spend as much time with my family as I can. And I'm going to save in order to make sure that I can build a better future for myself in the future. These are the things that I've decided I'm going to do for myself and for my future children or adopted children. And I'm okay with these things. I don't feel bad or guilty or bad about anything. But I will also know that, note that I'm going to keep in mind that, yeah, there are people who don't like me of other races, of my own race, and they have their own implicit biases and prejudice, and they can be antagonistic and provocative in ways that are very negative. And just because they have a negative perception of me that doesn't make their perception of me true or valid, that is just their own personal opinion. And the way that I defend myself from that is just knowing that that's where they're coming from with it and that's not anything that I'm personally doing wrong it's something that's wrong with them mentally and knowing that yes black men many of them most of them in America can be very um aggressive and provocative and antagonistic towards black women and the primary reason they do that is because they can't do that to anybody else who's actually oppressing them they don't have the social power the numbers nor the intellectual capacity to fight offensively or defensively against any other forms of opposition within the white arab asian or any other community so they're going inward and attacking themselves their children the women and assimilating within to the mainstream dominant society because that's an easy out hurt the women hurt the children have children with other people so that your kids can live on and live quote-unquote better lives that's their approach but that's not going to be my approach my approach is to just be strong better myself and I'm not like the strongest person but as a black woman you do have to have strength because we have to make a way out of no way and we go through a lot and those are the cards that we're dealt you know my dream was to be a housewife and have like 20 kids and to have like this lovely family but that's just not the world I live in and that's okay so I just would be inwardly and intellectually as strong as I can the way I can raise a family because it's not it's this way right now, but it's not gonna be this way forever. And it's completely okay to acknowledge that life isn't that great in some ways, 
but it's great in other ways and it's still worth living and it's still worth moving forward you just gotta work with the deck that you're giving and win the game and to me I feel like I'm winning so I definitely to sum it all up would say that I found the conversation and the different things that I've been seeing on social media as of lately about women, Black women dating outside of their race and how antagonistic other people can be about it. I found it enlightening and thought-provoking. And basically, I feel like, hey, live your best life, do the best that you can, and make no apologies about it because you're just doing you. So that's how I feel about that. Later.